It is important to remember that priors themselves are probability estimates. For each bit of prior knowledge you are not putting it in a binary structure, saying it is true or not, you are assigning it a probability of being true. Therefore, you can't let your priors get in the way of processing new knowledge. In Bayesian terms, this is called the likelihood ratio or the Bayes factor. Any new information you encounter that challenges a prior simply means that the probability of that prior being true may be reduced. Eventually, some priors are replaced completely. This is an ongoing cycle of challenging and validating what you believe you know. When making uncertain decisions, it's nearly always a mistake not to ask. What are the relevant priors? What might I already know that I can use to better understand the reality of the situation? Here's a sidebar, conditional probability. Conditional probabilities is similar to Bayesian thinking in practice, but comes at it from a different angle. When you use history or other historical events to predict the future, you have to be mindful of the conditions that surrounded that event. Events can be independent like tossing a coin or dependent. In the latter case, it means the outcomes of an event are conditional on what preceded them. Let's say the last three times I've hung out with you, we've gone for ice cream, I've picked vanilla. You conclude that vanilla is my favorite, and thus I will always choose it. You want to check first if my choosing vanilla is independent or dependent. Am I the first to choose from 100 flavors, or am I further down the line when chocolate is no longer available? My ice cream choice is independent of all the flavors if all the flavors are available each time someone in my group makes a choice. It is dependent if the preceding choices of my friends reduce what is available to me. In this case, the probability of my choosing vanilla is conditional on what is left after my friends make their choices. Thus, using conditional probability means being very careful to observe the conditions preceding an event you'd like to understand. Going back, may we need to look at fat-tailed curves? Rather, now we need to look at fat-tailed curves. Many of us are familiar with the bell curve, that nice symmetrical wave that captures the relative frequency of so many things from height to exam scores. The bell curve is great because it's easy to understand and easy to use. Its technical name is normal distribution. If we know we are in a bell curve situation, we can quickly identify our parameters and plan for the most likely outcomes. Fat-tailed curves are different. Take a look. At first glance, they seem similar enough. Common outcomes cluster together, creating a wave. The difference is in the tails. In a bell curve, the extremes are predictable. There can only be so much devotion or their deviation from the mean. In a fat-tailed curve, there is no real cap on extreme events. The more extreme events that are possible, the longer the tails of the curve get. 
any one extreme event is like still unlikely but the sheer number of options means that we can't rely on the most common outcomes or representing the average the more extreme events that are possible the higher the probability that one of them will occur crazy things are definitely going to happen and we have no way of identifying them see the sidebar orders of magnitude 